After a week hiatus, we are back. Uh, so for everybody, I mean, it's just going to be how it is. I'm I'm pretty pretty busy, and right now I'm trying to finish a house. So one of these days we're going to have Larry Scott in here, and I'll say last week was supposed to be Larry's week, and another incident came up where we just couldn't get together. So one of these days we'll have that podcast, but that's the reason we didn't have one last week and just being busy after uh, missing that. But this week's. You know, I'm really excited because we'll we'll probably get two in this week because I've been wanting you on the podcast for a long time. The second we came on, obviously, I was like, "Got to have Steve on," and you've been out. <laughs> you've been at, where you been? I've been busy with work and family right now, just uh, chasing hillbillies and gangbangers. So. Yeah, so Steve Campbell and uh, with the Chattanooga Police Department, also with Navy Reserves, also obviously with the Gogi. Uh, I mean, for those of you that don't know, if you haven't caught on, the Agogi podcast means it's it's guys and girls from Agogi. So every podcast, we're going to have somebody, you know, from the gym. And I really believe we, you know, we talk about having the most interesting man in the world. We got the most interesting gym in the world. Oh, yeah. And uh, Steve, you're definitely one of those guys. Like, <laughs> you know, you kind of got the, the man, the myth, the legend. And I'll tell you how I know that. So when we first got to, uh, you first started training with us, I was like, cool, you know, another guy. And you're obviously big athlete, strong guy. But just starting out and, you know, you did did great, learned everything, but, it, you know, you were new to it. I started getting guys come in like, does Steve Campbell train here? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, Steve trains here. It's like, so if I was in class, I would be in class like with Steve Campbell? I'm like. Yeah, man. Like Steve <laughs> might be in your class. I was like, if he's here, I'll I'll get you as a partner. That happened a couple different times. I was like, Steve's like a legend around here. Like, like these kids are a lot of stupid stuff. So. Yeah, these kids are all like, sir. It's other Chattanooga PD guys that are like, I heard Steve Campbell trains here. Like, yeah, it's like, well, then I want to train here, and I was like, great. Well, we want you to be here, and so. I had obviously, uh, unfortunately, not a lot of them stuck around. <laughs> like we don't have as many Chattanooga PD as we used to. Seems like maybe it's because we bumped across the line. Maybe we'll get get some guys back. But no, definitely. I'm a, I always love advocating for this place and trying to advertise this place because I mean this. I mean the reason I got into this was one for my son. Uh, I'm a big fan of MMA and uh, jujitsu, and I always wanted to get into it. But I also the main reason was like uh, I knew it'd make me a better cop, um, especially in this day and age. Yeah, man, I 100 percent agree. Like. Tell me about just how has it changed from the time you got into now? Like, what's it? What's the difference in policing? Because you've been in how long? How long have you been? Uh, twenty three years. So you've seen a, a drastic change, obviously, and and I would guess since twenty twenty, even yeah. even more so. But what what have you seen from the time you you got into now? So uh, I'm dating myself. So when I first started policing, there was there's no laptops uh, in, in your cars. Uh, I mean, we were writing paper reports. We'd meet our sergeant. Uh, uh, during the shift to turn our reports in. We have to use a lot of whiteout if you made a mistake. Um, 
So technology has changed policing immensely in multiple ways, but one of the biggest ways is with social media. Um, and I think that's made us better cops in, in some ways. Uh, uh, you're always thinking about, okay, yeah. Some of the stuff we did when I was a rookie, uh, you know, I'm like, yeah, you can't get away with that stuff nowadays. Everything's yeah. on. Yeah. Look, some, some of the things I did when I was younger, <laughs> yeah. you wouldn't get away with now, but. Yeah. You know, everything's on a phone, and you better act accordingly. Yeah, and and, and it's made us more uh, professional and more accountable. So uh, uh, that that's been a good thing. But uh, the, the technology has changed uh, immensely. Uh, I mean, how, from how we you know find our bad guys to um, uh, you know how, how we just do our job day to day. It's 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 really a good thing. Yeah, what, like just dealing with the public. Do you feel? I mean, I know. Like for me, most people around here are still pro police. Yeah. Have you seen? You know, I know in in the country that sentiment's changed a lot. Yeah. But how have you seen that in in Chattanooga? Have you seen a big swing, uh, one way or the other? Well, I think it always ebbs and flows. Um, uh, yeah, it, it depends on. I always joke around like you can see a firefighter, you know, commit a robbery or do something heinous, and people are like ah, oh, you know, firefighters they're oh, they're mostly you know great guys. Uh, that's just one bad apple. Uh, same with the military guys. A military guy does something horrible. It's like, oh, you know, you know, thank you for service. You, you know, they're not all like that. But one, you know, if one cop does one thing bad, it's like I tell you, I told you they're all like that. You know, so we all get lumped into that. But uh, teachers but, and I think priests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be in the priest category. But no, uh, none of those guys. Uh, I don't. I don't want to be in any of those categories. Yeah. Just to be honest with you, but. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, – I, I mean, right now, I, I feel like we've got a lot of support. We had an officer-involved shooting. I really can't talk about it too much, right. but it happened just uh, uh, about a week ago uh, on August uh, 11th. So uh, there was uh, – we, we had some apprehension about that, like how's the community going to view this, you know. But fortunately, we have a great uh, district attorney in Cody Womp. Uh, she supports the police and uh, released the video that painted the whole picture of, of what happened. That's what I was going to say. You know, I heard, I heard rumblings, and actually – you know, we had some guys from Chattanooga PD show up here. Like, you know, obviously they were thinking, hey, we need to take this kind of serious. But she released the video. It's clear as day. Yeah. I mean, you can't argue. Yeah, no. But they, yeah. You're, gonna get, you're going to get shot if you get out of a car shooting at somebody. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I mean, right now it's good. I, I, we were worried that there was going to be protests over that. Uh, it, uh, the community, uh, since we were transparent and spoke to the community and let them know what was going on, uh, it kind of took the wind out of the sails of a lot of the social justice warriors that are trying to build a name off of a tragedy. Uh, that's the most frustrating thing is that you got a few individuals uh, in this community that they know this is like they're uh, good for their brand uh, and further than their agenda. They don't really care about the families or anybody that was involved in it. So, uh, but Look, uh, I'll know. tell you, it no, it's everywhere. It's so pitiful and like pathetic that I mean, look, that's on one scale. It happens in every political system. My dad's a county commissioner. Oh, yeah. It's like I mean, people will make a big deal like chickens were a big deal here. <laughs> you know, like stupid stuff. Like if there's not a problem, people are going to find a problem. And, you know, they're constitutional rights. Now, I'm, I'm a constitutional guy. Yeah. Like I, you're not going to really infringe on my rights. But, I mean, people are crazy. And they're looking for a fight when there's no fight. Like everybody's on the same team. We all live in the same community. You – you know, your kids are in the same sports teams and going to the same schools as everybody else. It's not a us versus them. And I think that – I don't know about you, but I was thinking a lot. And you're different because you, you have to do this. Has the mentality – and this was kind of my first question. Has the mentality of 
I got to make it back home every night. Do you feel that is is that a change in the culture? Because I don't feel like that. Like my family's all police. Like my mm-hmm. uncles are both you know police. My cousins. I don't. I don't think you know. Twenty thirty years ago, that was the mentality. I got to make it home. Um, I think they were just going and doing their job and expected to make it home. Obviously, something can come up in any situation, but now I feel like it's almost guys are going to war every night. Yeah. And I don't know that that's always the mentality to have. And not, obviously not everybody has that mentality. But if you – you know, there's there's also reason for some of that mentality change. Like, oh, it yeah. goes both ways. So, have you seen any of that? It, it does feel that uh, violence against police has been rising uh, with the numbers. Um, but uh, what I'm proud about with um, my SWAT team, uh, we, tr- we trained with some of the best, FBI, HRT, uh, a few other units, and uh, uh, it really opened up our eyes from what our SWAT team used to be in their tactics to what it is now. Uh, so I feel like we're really good. Uh, yes, I, I have that mentality. I want to go home at night. Uh, but I, I'm with my guys and, and myself, we're very good at stacking the odds in our favor, both for the uh, the suspect as well as us coming home. Uh, I saw back in the day, um, uh, not just SWAT teams, but uh, other officers, sometimes they – don't stack the odds in their favor, and they rush in. And you know, I call it like the video Leroy, Leroy Jenkins, you know, Leroy Jenkins, and they just go running right in there, and uh, it, it just becomes a chaotic situation. So, uh, you know, we have this thing called OODA loops. Um, it's observe, orient, decide, and act. And when you disrupt somebody else's OODA loop, like a suspect, uh, they're having trouble observing, orienting, deciding, and acting, and then they're constantly behind on their OODA loop. Um, so we're really good at stacking the odds in our favor and getting suspects alive and giving them a chance to give up. Now, if they want to come out, you know, blazing, then you know that's on them. But yeah, but uh, so go back over OODA loop because that's I dealt with it some in education, and you know it's not something I think about very often now that I've been out. But it is very applicable for jujitsu. Oh yeah, and, and really just any anything that you're going to do. Yeah, I, I think that's what, one of the things I've enjoyed about jiu-jitsu is, like, when you, the more you learn or when you, your mind's just blown. You, you've been doing it for a bit, and then somebody teaches you a technique, and you're like, oh, my gosh, why did I not think about that? That's so simple. Mm-hmm. And then knowing and be familiar and calm in those situations uh, goes back to, uh, you know, observing, orienting, knowing where you're at. Oh, okay, I'm inside control. Okay, I got some – got some uh, um, submissions I can set up from here, you know, and, and, and just – keeping them off their OODA loop where they're like just reacting to what I'm reacting. So uh, I, 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 I try to advocate for all, all the Chattanooga police officers that are willing to do it. They, every, I think every cop in this country needs to have some grappling skills. I, I think it's probably the, the, the biggest travesty going in law enforcement yeah. is the lack of training that they provide in grappling yeah. for police because you're, you're almost encouraging – Violence. You're almost yes. encouraging, you know, somebody having to use a taser and use a, a handgun because you didn't give them the skills when you walked them out there. Yes. And if you had just taken a year, mm-hmm. you know, give me nine good months, I'll make you pretty dang good. Oh yeah. You know, like give me five days a week, an hour a day, yeah. and I'll make you pretty dang good. And well, when I first came came here, when it was like within six months, it changed my whole mentality of how I'd approach a fight. Um, I felt like I had a superpower. And uh, I, I think cops have a, a problem that a lot of men uh, have, which is that they overestimate their fighting ability. Yeah. And then when they get in these situations they haven't trained, 
They've never been in this situation before. They freak out, and sometimes that force gets excessive, looks horrible instead of somebody that, you know, Tom DeBlast is one of my favorites. Like, he's showing videos all the time of cops that either don't know how to fight and it goes horribly wrong, or cops that do have grappling skills and subdue a suspect within Oh, one of my favorite seconds. videos, Ruben Alvarez just – Easily just, yeah. and you're thinking Ruben is a stud. And so this, he's a Miami cop, and, and you just watch him just very gently move yeah. the guy around until he's back. And you're thinking, I mean, that guy can do whatever he wants to that guy. And he, yeah. he was so gentle with him. The guy's oh, yeah. not injured in any way, but he could have ripped every, you know, limb he had off yeah. of him. But, you know, with that power, and it, it's a super power, comes a lot of control. Oh, yeah. Like you learn to to push it right to the edge or, you know, never really injure anybody. Yeah. So going back to like what policing used to be like when I, when I was a rookie, you know, the, your, your field training officer would tell you, okay, if they run from us, they're getting a beating no matter what. And I'm like, what? You know, and I'm just, Which I'll be honest. I still yeah. agree with you. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, it'd be, you know, lots of punches, lots of closed fist strikes, uh, batons. Uh, but with, with, the skills I've, I've been able to learn just, uh, you know, gogies, there's so many levels, but, I mean, uh, but, uh, just being a blue belt, uh, from a gogi, uh, it, it gave me skills where it's like, it looks so much better, uh, to the public. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm much more calm. And, uh, for example, the George Floyd protests, uh, I didn't throw one strike on any of the protesters that were getting out of control. All I did was use simple grappling, simple, uh, Greco Roman takedowns. And then, you know, Matt Harris, big man, side controlled jujitsu, and uh, it, it did not look violent at all. And we got these people in custody without any injuries, you know, but but just manhandled. And and the cool thing is, I mean that that made you much safer, which makes me happy that hey, I got to show you something that that made you safer, and it made them safer. As as dumb as they are for walking oh, out yeah. there, and you know they had a. I'm not saying. I think the whole thing was dumb because I they were trying to tell me I couldn't train jujitsu when they were out there riding. I don't care if you you go out there and protest or whatever. Don't tell me I can't train. Yeah, like that's my problem with the whole thing. Is like as long as you get to do what you want, I'm I'm fine to do what I want, and we're we're good. You don't get to pro, you know, be violent and do all that mess. Oh, yeah. So, like I said, I on the George Floyd thing, the guy was wrong. Oh yeah, flat absolutely. out. That guy should go to jail. You yeah. can't put your knee on a guy's neck for yeah. nine minutes and think a guy's not going to die. Well, and that's what jujitsu taught, uh, taught me is like, hey, you know, knee on belly is miserable. You know, knee on chest is bad. And, you know, knee on neck is real, real bad. It's you know, so, bad, yeah. bad. Like, I mean, you can say he had something in his system. I don't care. I watched nine minutes yeah. of that guy's knee on that guy's yeah. neck. Yeah, there's a good chance he dies if, yeah. if he's stuck I mean, down there. I was telling a lot, a lot of officers, it's like, okay, three guys holding him down. You know, a lot of pressure on his uh, his spine and you know, his back, his uh, diaphragm, and then obviously uh, on his neck. I, I'm like, I could hold George Floyd down. Uh, just with a, a, a you know, a, good yeah. knee pressure and inside ties. Yeah, 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 exactly. Without where he could breathe, I could wait till the ambulance gets there. You know, I mean, you could mount him, and there's like no pressure on his yeah. diaphragm or his lungs or chest or anything like that. So, I mean, it goes back to I mean, I, I feel more cops need to train, and they they just don't they they uh, they overestimate their fighting abilities, and when they, when they get in trouble, then their OODA loop gets screwed up because then they're like, oh my gosh, this guy's better than me, or this guy has more skill than me, or this guy's stronger than me. And then, uh, and then that's when it gets out of control. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really is a scary time because so many people are absolutely helpless. And mm-hmm. some of the people coming to help are helpless, you know, not much better. Oh, yeah. And you think, guys, like, 
we got to get get our stuff together. Like times are about to get a lot harder. Oh, yeah. Like guys better get a lot harder. Yeah. You know, the police better get a lot harder. Everybody better get a lot yeah. tougher. Because I don't I don't see like it's just going to magically be rainbows tomorrow. Oh no! I mean that's what that's why I'm blessed where I'm at now. I've been doing this for 23 years, and so I've done. Uh, I did SWAT for 15 years uh, on the Chattanooga SWAT team uh, under uh, uh, David Roddy, who's one of the best leaders. He's now the chief operating officer for Hamlin County. Just a fantastic guy. Um, uh, was a robbery detective uh, uh, for a little bit, uh, and then uh, uh, a sergeant on patrol. Then uh, my my experience in the Navy as a Naval Intelligence Officer, I created the Intel Unit for the Chattanooga Police Department, revamped it, because back in the day, uh, our Intel Unit really, nobody had been trained uh, on the intelligence cycle, and uh, you know, they would use some informants, but they really would focus more on um, uh, biker gangs in Chattanooga. And I was like, biker gangs is not really our problem in Chattanooga. Occasionally they are, but not enough to where it's like, okay, you want to divert all your efforts to that. So uh, I created the Intel unit to try to uh, use all source intelligence, uh, jail phone calls, uh, T3s uh, with our federal partners, um, paying informants, uh, my covert Facebook account where I'm a very attractive female. Yeah, yeah. we love to say it once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, um, I'm not going to say her name. Uh, so, but, uh, she does her job. Yeah, she, yeah she's good. Uh, <laughs> she's kind of retired right now because I'm not Intel anymore. But, uh, um, but yeah, using all that, all that intelligence to put it together and showing, okay, Hey, the, what we're seeing on Facebook, what we're hearing from jail phone calls, what we're hearing from our, uh, our confidential informants, uh, the rolling 40 Crips are beefing with the gangster disciples. And here are the main players. Here are the shooters. Uh, here's the history behind this beef. Uh, you know, and here's the people that we need to target uh, to get off the street, which is less than 1% of the Chattanooga population is right. doing a majority of the violence. So uh, I was blessed to do that. Uh, and I passed that off. And uh, now I've been uh, uh, um, with uh, the supervisor of the fugitive unit. And a uh, special deputy mar- uh, uh, marshal uh, with the U.S. Marshals uh, Smoky Mountain Task Force. So now it's like my dream job. I'm with a bunch of great officers that are well trained. So that's what kind of remind me is like, uh, you know, yeah, we have some officers out there that you don't want answering a call if you're in trouble. But uh, fortunately, right now I'm working with a bunch of guys that like, yeah, I, I trust them with my life. Yeah, you don't ever see those guys. I mean, I'm sure you do. But luckily, you're training, and I mean, it says a lot about you. Obviously, with the things that you've done, you know had a lot of influence over decision making and, and just strategy and trying to think tactical mm-hmm. you know um, operations for the for the or for Chattanooga PD. Roddy's one that I've heard nothing but good things about. Oh yeah. Everybody that I I don't I don't know him, but the guys that I know that know him really really don't like him and, and say he's a really good guy. Yeah, he's like an older brother to me. Uh, he, he's a true mentor. Um, just a good Christian guy. But uh, what was great about Roddy, uh, uh, and I mean, uh, I'd like to think I'm not bad, but what is amazing about Roddy is uh, his ability to make decisions under stress uh, quickly, but then also knowing when, all right, I have time to think about this, get all the, uh, all, all the information before I make my decision. So he's not somebody that's just going to like make decisions you know, randomly, but he's able to make quick, tough, tactical decisions uh, but he's also able to make big, large, strategic decisions. And, yeah. I mean, that's what you want in a leader. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. I'm glad to hear that he was he's with Hamilton County because I, I kind of hate to hear that he left. I thought that was that was a pretty big mistake. Yeah, I know. I mean, and, I, you know, I had had some dealings with Kelly just a little bit, just friends of friends. And, um, you know, I'm, obviously you weren't there, but I, I felt like he had a decent understanding of Chattanooga. 
but I, I haven't seen that with that hire, and I'll leave that at that. But uh, I know you might have a great experience. I just – I thought he would stay local and just really expected that, so – yeah, but we've we've uh, let's talk about the Navy intelligence before I okay. get you in trouble. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that's just my thoughts. Uh, I think we got to get we got to get harder and tougher. Yeah, and, and I felt like when you when you meet Roddy, you're like we're getting harder and tougher, and we're gonna be tough on criminals. And I wanted to keep going in that direction because I felt like I feel like Chattanooga has a very small crime problem, but it's it's causing havoc. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. when you look at the population, you're not dealing with that many people, like you said. Yeah. But well, I'll tell you, we're we also getting you know some labels that you just don't want to uh, have. Well, we got a great district attorney, and that's that's helping because that when we're, uh, I was also a part of the violence reduction initiative under Mayor Burke, and it was a really good idea uh, as far as like trying to target those violent individuals, that small percentage of the population, but then also trying to give them a chance to help you. And we do these call ins and. We bring them in, and basically the message was like, hey, we want you alive, safe, and free, but if the violence continues, this is what we're going to do to you. And we talk about building federal cases on them. You know, unfortunately, can't build federal cases on everybody, and so you, yeah. you have to rely on the state uh, as well. I'm envious of Georgia. Georgia's pretty tough on crime. And and, and maybe that's, you know, I live yeah. in northwest Georgia, and look, you don't want to commit a crime here. No, there's <laughs> times I'm like, he did what, and he got that much time? I'm like, good grief. That'd be, a, you know, in Tennessee, uh, under our previous DA, that'd be 1129 suspended misdemeanor, you know? And you're like, good grief, you know? But, yeah, yeah I, I feel like, I, I don't know, it's, I, I, I have a lot of faith in Cody Womp. That yeah, Weston and Cody both yeah. seem like good people. Oh, um, yeah. You know, you, you never know. I, I don't know them personally, but I actually, uh, my assistant principal when I was principal was Tammy Lean. And her son Jordan, I think they grew up. So she always spoke very positively of them, yeah. uh, and that's all I know of them. But I like her a lot, and she spoke yeah. real highly of them. So yeah. So I, I think some of it also is uh, you know it's out of, somewhat out of her control too. Uh, is I just I feel like like Tennessee uh, as a state we're not as tough on crime as we need to be. Yeah. I think a lot of times the Republicans it's surprising yeah. too is as controlled in the Republican you know. No state income tax. You think of yeah. of Tennessee. You think Tennessee, Texas, Florida. Yeah, uh, but they're not quite quite the same, really. Yeah, we've tried to do like enhanced gang. Um, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? We tried to do some enhanced gang laws where it's like okay, get t- t- tougher sentencing on certain crimes, uh, certain violent crimes. And it seems like uh, you know Democrats are they don't like mass incarceration, and then uh, Republicans in Tennessee don't want to pay for you know a lot of times it's been like okay if we're going to have you know lengthier sentencing, uh, how much is that going to cost? Yeah. So yeah, well, I guess with no state income tax, you got to make those decisions, <laughs> yeah. which I'm not going to disagree with. Yeah. Like we need to be thinking how we're spending this money. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so speaking of spending money, you've been in the Navy for. <laughs> they, they spend oh, yeah. some money there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They need to spend some more money on the navy or the era we're coming into right now. Yeah, tell me about. So, have you been? Were you active navy, mm-hmm. uh, and then then you went reserve? But you've you've stayed very involved in reserve. I mean, you've you've moved up the ladder to intelligence. So I know that's that's a a whole nother world than. Than where you've been, yeah. Um, so, uh, and I'm sure I'm saying that completely wrong. I know you. No, used to no, be, no. Yeah, it used to. You did your drill, you know, kind of locally, and now yeah. it's DC. So I'm yeah. assuming that means you well, moved up. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, so uh, right now I'm with Sixth Fleet, uh, which is out of Naples, Italy. Um, and so uh, obviously there's a lot of stuff. Sixth Fleet's in charge of Europe and Africa. So obviously there's a lot of things going on in Europe right now um, with Ukraine. 
but how I got into the Navy was uh, I grew up as an Army, uh, Army brat. I was born in Honolulu, Hawaii, even though my family's from East Tennessee. And uh, we moved all around, uh, uh, spent uh, uh, my high school years in Washington, D.C., and then uh, finally got back to Tennessee when I was in college. Uh, but uh, my brother, he went to the Naval Academy, and uh, I, I should have, uh, you know, I, I mean, God's got a plan for everything, but it's, I, I wish I, I went to the Naval Academy yeah. instead. I, I went to Elon to play football on a football scholarship when I probably should have gone to the Naval Academy, uh, but I didn't. But it worked out, and so when my brother got commissioned, it really inspired me, and we, uh, we were in the global war on terror, and I was still pissed about September 11th, and I wanted to get in, and I wanted to to uh, serve my country. And so uh, it worked out, but uh, what year was that? Uh, so I when, when I got in, yeah. uh, so I got in, in 2010. Okay. So, uh, uh, and so, uh, but it, it was great. I met my wife at the Naval Academy uh, over a beer pong table. Uh, and so uh, the Navy's given me a lot. Uh, so I got my commission in 2010 and uh, uh, became a Naval intelligence officer. Uh, once I completed my basic quals and everything, I volunteered and went to Afghanistan where I was with the Afghan threat finance cell. And uh, the Afghan that front, uh, Afghan threat finance cell, uh, their job was uh, we, we, what our job was to do was to target financiers and narcotics uh, traffickers because uh, uh, narcotics was one of the main sources of income for the Taliban to do their operations. Kind of similar to what Mark was doing, I think. Mark Markley was on. He was with Marsock at the time. He, oh, okay. He was up chasing poppy. Uh, dealers or yeah yeah so i so I, i'm the guy that uh not yeah. in afghanistan he was he was uh Yemen or something like that oh okay yeah yeah so uh, my job is to identify that yeah uh in my civilian job as a swat guy i'm a door kicker uh in the military uh, no i'm the guy that briefs the door kickers uh, and, uh, and and points them in the right direction intel drives operations mm -hmm. so my job was to try to identify uh um certain individuals that needed to be actioned by some of our special forces uh, or, or some of our special operation forces. Um, I, I worked a lot with task force 210, which was the special boat service. Uh, it's the British seals. So uh, they were very interesting guys. And they, uh, uh, I was, they helped me out on a particular target and uh, it really was a great experience uh, being able to brief them and get them uh, the information they needed. Yeah. So, I'm, you know, I've not really thought, but I'm sure getting to meet just the guys from, from all over the world, especially, you know, the different branches of the military from all over the world's got to be really interesting. Oh yeah. Well, you, you start realizing like, I mean, uh, I'm going to try to not blast too many people, but, uh, I, you realize which countries you can really depend on sure. in the NATO no, alliance and which ones are like, they're just there to punch a ticket. And, uh, but I will say this, uh, the Brits and the Australians, uh, they were fantastic. I mean, th those are two countries I, I would fight for. Um, and, uh, I mean, th those are definitely our best friends and the ones that are actually getting stuff done. Yeah. Know? So. Who's who's one? Huh? Who's one that needs to pick it up? Oh, France, always. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, they have, like, there was, like, some, I, was, I think it was, like, Task Force 25 or something. We got some wild uh, intel from, like, some random source that had not been vetted, and it was on one of our targets. And I'm reading this report, and everybody's like, who's this task force? What, what task force is this? And then somebody goes, it's the French. And we're like, all right, just throw that, away, throw that intel away. <laughs> so. It makes sense. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of strange how some some cultures are war fighters and some are not. Like, Oh, yeah. Man, when you think about it, America is probably the greatest culture of, of war fighting in the history of the world. Well, you're kind of hitting on it. Like, think about it. I mean, we've been continuously at war for the most part for since our existence you know and and china uh, uh and russia they they know this especially china they're uh, you know they're they're worried about that because you know think about it, you know 
World War II, then to Korea, then to Vietnam, and then you know Desert Storm and all all the all, all the operations that we've been doing. We we've, we've been operational a lot longer than any other country, and so we've got guys that have been battle tested that are like. I mean, I know everybody talks about you know uh, you you watch. watch um, you know, certain news agencies and, you know, it's like, oh, the woke military. And yeah, you're always going to have a level of political correctness to whoever's in, uh, you know, in the office, you know, um, and, uh, uh, whether it's a uh, Democrat or Republican, but, uh, you know, I, 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 I think, it's, well, what was I trying to say? Well, on the flip side, you got 20 years, I mean, you do have the woke, but yeah. you also have probably the greatest special, not probably the greatest special forces yes. in the history of the world. Yeah. And the, so we got, still got, you know. And more capability than probably the next oh, yeah. five countries put together. Yeah, and we got an all volunteer force, uh, and, and so we got people that actually want to be there, as opposed to Russians, where they're dragging people out of jail and conscripted. And, and if forced. we ever got in a real war, and I don't mean to say that those were not real wars, but if we got in a war oh, that yeah. we should have legally been put in, because we, I will say those were not real wars. Yeah, wars. those were military actions because they weren't approved by Congress. Yes, and had they been approved by Congress, mm. so like it's the war. And I believe you should be recognized in every way that anybody should. But Congress didn't recognize that. Like, yeah. the next time we go and Congress says, yeah, we got to go, that puts a whole nother level. That's like, I mean, you, me, everybody's going. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's, and we have more guys who have spent 20 years overseas like oh, yeah. you, who maybe are not the front guys up. Yeah. But nobody in this world is going to want to see that group coming. You know what yeah. I mean? The, oh, the yeah. veterans that have, have put that time in and, and went home. But well, that's what's happening right now. It's like we're we're going from the uh, we're shifting from the global war on terrorism to the great power competition. So uh, a lot of our resources we're, we're basically in a competition right now with China, uh, trying to be the number one economic, military, you name it. Uh, they're trying to control the entire South China Sea. Uh, that's making Japan, the Philippines, Vietnam uh, uh, very angry. Uh, bringing them closer to us. Uh, so that's why I'm like, we got to start beefing up our Navy. And, you know, going back to what, you know, we're saying like the woke military. Well, it's not so much that it's woke that we have losing people. It's, you know, we're understaffed, we're overworked. Um, we're also kind of shifting from, you know, most of my generation got in because of September 11th. Yeah. And so uh, there's a lot of people being like, oh, you know what, I'm going to do something on the civilian side. Uh, but we, we've got to get ready because, I mean, it's, China's not going to go anywhere, you know. And, and you Well, know. I feel like a lot of the, you know, a lot of folks now, well, it's just not going to be the same. Like you said, at our age, the guys that went in like you, they went in with an absolute purpose. Yeah. And, and you know, when, there's, when there is no great enemy, there's just not going to be the purpose yes. of, of coming in. So I, I can understand that, and I understand what you're saying. I think it's going to start with a generation of kids. Because, yeah. one, we're not in the – if we're in a conflict in five years, it's it's on us. I don't yeah. think it's on China. I think China right now is focused on beating us economically, and oh, then, yeah. then they'll worry about it. Like it's a long time before you can get yeah. America. We're we're a big fish to swallow. So yeah, and and China plays the long game. Yeah. Whereas like here's what's frustrating about us is that we think about election cycles, you know. And so it's like, you know, the Republicans and Democrats they only care about being in power. For the most part, I mean, there's some good people like we've mentioned before, like Cody Womp and Weston. But there's a lot of people that uh, uh, they're in it just to stay in power, and they're thinking, you know, two year, four year election cycles, and not, you know, whereas China, Xi, uh, Xi Jinping is thinking, all right, this is going to benefit China and my and whoever succeeds me, you know. So uh, that's why, like, 
this this can sound however I believe like every guy today that says they don't have a purpose is not looking around. Yeah. Like your purpose is to to train and make uh, the next generation of men like make oh, them yeah. tougher. If we don't look, guys like you and me. Countries are not going to line up to invade us. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. As long as there's guys like me and you, yeah. I don't think a ton of guys are going. You know, they're going to go. Okay, yeah. yeah. There's there's a million of us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying in this country? I'm not oh, saying yeah. we're anything special, but you know, we're not guys that are going to back up. Well, I owe a so lot. We got to yeah. make sure that oh, yeah. the next generation's got two million of those guys. You well, know? oh yeah, I, I, see, I, I feel very strongly about that, and that's why I got Connor into this yeah. and doing it with him. One, it's like. Uh, I wanted to learn this to be a better cop, but also if I'm going to be putting him on the mat, uh, I better be willing to put myself on that mat and know how tough this is. Um, my, and that's how my dad was. You know, I wouldn't be half the man I am if it wasn't for my dad. And uh, you know, I think about Connor. It's like I want to make sure he is more of the old school generation mm-hmm. as far as his mentality than you know, and you know, being entitled and uh, you know, I don't know. I guess I'm over. over maybe I'm. Painting a uh, putting you know, you know, I guess a, a, a net over a large group, but still, I, you I know I, in general we've yeah. we've look this last generation has been an entitled society. Yeah, like we've raised a couple of soft generations. Yeah, and they're they're soft physically and they're soft mentally. Yeah, and there's some tough ones in there, and those guys are going to have to step up. But we're out of time, and if we don't start raising a generation of little savages, oh yeah, we're going to be conquered. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like we need to, you know, have a big stick. You don't oh, have to go to war if everybody in your country's a little badass. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, oh yeah. You know, we're you see Russia, they're over there like putting together AKs. Like, let's go, let's do that. Well, then also hit Russia though. They, you know, they're, they're a bunch of drunks. So uh, I have a friend uh, that's in naval intelligence, and uh, she uh, she came up with a great idea. She was like, "Hey, we." we we, we could end this war in Ukraine if we just start dropping vodka, <laughs> bear, like crates of vodka behind Russian enemy lines because these just Russians they're they're trading they're trading their ammunition and fuel for vodka and just leave it sitting there, just yeah. combat ineffective, you yeah. know. So it's like, yeah, I, I, uh, you know. So well, I, yeah. both those countries have serious. Look, I, I really am not the guy that thinks China's lining up against us personally, and the reason is. They really messed up having that one child policy. Oh yeah. So like, yeah, they're they're in, they're in decline. They're going to have a tough time. They better hurry up. Yeah. Um, so if they don't do it, if they focus on on you know doing other things, I think that's probably a smarter thing. But yeah, they're they're not going to have the the population to handle it. Russia yeah. doesn't have no population to handle anything like us no, either. Yeah. And you know while our population staying flat, theirs is in decline. Yeah. And so we need to have some kids. Yeah. And we, you know, if ever savage has a couple little savages, they get a lot. Yeah. You know, it compounds. Like yeah. if ever dummy, it's like idiocracy. Yeah. If ever dummy's having ten kids. I love that movie. <laughs> oh, it's the truest movie. Oh, yeah. Look, if they just redid that and made everything woke instead of just oh yeah, you know, it would be the same thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. The guys walking around in you know yeah. in dresses with beards and watering their crops with Gatorade and yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
But uh, uh, it's got electrolytes. Yeah, but you know it was great. What, I, I considered Gogi a family, and yeah, and seeing Connor and Ryder and Angel and seeing those savages, like sure, yeah. The only thing that was like the most savage Campbell kid is Brooke. And, and <laughs> it's not a bad thing. But, you know, she doesn't want to do jiu-jitsu. But yeah. she, she did it for two weeks and, you know, made some kids quit. <laughs> so Yeah, she's long. She yeah. looked great. Oh, yeah. yeah, she, oh, yeah. She, she took to it really well. I was oh, yeah. I was hating that she uh I keep she trying to get her in now. She's, I, know, she's I can like, understand. It's all the Taylor Swift and stuff like that. Yeah, no, that's... <laughs> Oh man, she might be a devil worshiper. I, did you see that video of her concert? It's I like, don't know. I just I, what's up with all this? What's up with everybody being a devil worshiper now? Like everybody's like got Satan all over everything. I got to check that out. Yeah. Like yeah. Well, it was like it wasn't Satan. It was just like a witch thing. Oh, okay. So it's like I was like, oh, that's pretty creep. Like if I'm at that concert and they're doing that. Yeah, I'm gonna be like kind of freaked out and want to leave. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like no, nah, no, nah, I ain't here yeah. for all that. Like I. Yeah. I don't need any of that. Nah, yeah, no, nah, yeah. I couldn't tell you once on that girl saying. My daughter, the only reason I can tell you is because she's like, anytime we get in the car, she's like, wants to put Taylor Swift on. And she's got me, it's like almost like torture. Like, I mean, there's songs that I'm like, okay, that's a good song, but yeah. I've heard this a hundred times. And there's one song that's like 10 minutes long, uh, all too well. And she puts that on. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I, f- I feel super blessed. Like, my daughter is one, she wasn't into Taylor Swift and she's out of the house gone so i don't get like the girly um music very much and yeah yeah my wife i guess uses headphones if she's listening because she's listening to murder podcasts what's up with women i don't know yeah yeah my, my wife's the same way listen to those murder podcasts why i don't know but i was mowing the yard one day and then uh, uh one of my buddies was on that podcast and laura's like steve steve jason lance on this podcast i was like all right he's a legendary uh, u.s marshal as well but uh uh yeah, I don't know. She's, yeah, she's always listening to those murder podcasts. Yeah, it, there's something to it. Like women are always checking that out for some reason, and I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. Um, I get you enough. You deal of that with work. it every day. It's yeah. not like you want to deal with it when you get home, and it's the last thing I would want to. No, watch. it's like I, 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 yeah, I want to escape reality. So I, I, the last thing I want to watch is a cop show. Or that's that's me, man. Like yeah. if it starts getting like uh, Stranger Things, yeah, my, I don't have t- like my brain hurts. <laughs> I don't have time for this. Yeah. Like. I can't watch something for more than about 15 minutes anyway. So, like, if it gets complicated, like, you're going to have to bring, you know, a loan or shark tank or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something yeah, like yeah. quick. Yeah, I quick, got, yeah. I got no attention. Yeah. Uh, so, tell me about Afghanistan. How, what was your – look, I know I'm I'm probably picking uh, or asking some pretty tough questions, but dude, it pissed me off the way we – Oh, yeah. Like – what was what was your thoughts on that? As somebody who went and put time and effort yeah, into that country yeah. to just see how we walked out, yeah, it, it pissed me off so uh, uh, immensely. It's like uh, you could have just shipped all that crap over to the Ukraine. Yeah, I mean, okay, it might have been expensive to ship to America. How expensive was it to get it over to the Ukraine? We about to. I understand we yeah. weren't in a war, but yeah. Bro, we did it a month later or something. We must have known something was up. Stage that. Crap. What was bothering bother me is like the, you know the, the lack of a plan, and then I got to be careful because I'm in the military still. Yeah, you are, and yeah, I'm not so trying to pick. I, I, but but I will say this: like, okay, if you want to get all your people out, you know, you know, you, you have to let the Taliban know we're going to get our people out, and you're going to let us get our people out, or we're going to stay longer. I know you guys want us to leave, and we're going to be shifting on to the great power competition. But we're going to get out. So giving up our airfields like we did, where the only place we could leave uh, was Kabul International Airport, which I've been there. That place is not secure at all. Like Bagram, where I lived most of the time there, 
is a very uh, uh, secure facility in the Parwan Desert, in uh, Parwan Province. Uh, now, that could have been like the Atlanta Hartsfield Jackson Airport, like right there, that's the hub. Yeah. And all, you know, uh, the airport in Mez, the airport in Jalalabad, uh, the airport, airport in Kandahar, uh, even Kabul, everybody comes to Bagram. And Bagram should have been our last place that we departed yeah. from. Yeah. And we'd still have those Marines uh, that, uh, that, had, uh, that got uh, killed in that suicide bomber. Uh, so just seeing that, uh, yeah, it made me uh, super angry. And I think about uh, a lot of the poor Afghans that I met while I was over there. Like those are the guys I think of the most, man. Yeah, like Commander Zareem, who like helped out the Americans. He was a uh, police officer in Host Province. Uh, Commander Zareem was like a legend in Host Province and just a really good guy. And so I'm like, is Commander Zareem dead? And what's going on with him? You know. And then it, it, even like the the uh, the sweet pizza guy that would give us pizza at the defect. Yeah, he, he cooked this pizza up. It was awesome. And he had a crazy funny personality. You know, it's what happened to him. You know, it's like. Yeah. I think we. I know you probably felt like it, but I thought we were better than that. Oh like, yeah. I thought. I thought like you know America, they go. Take ever if you're going to leave, take every Afghani that helped us and bring them on over here. Yeah, because right. what does that it's tell? Not, like the next conflict, that the next conflict where we have to rely on local populations to help us. What are they going to think? They like, will never trust us again. Yeah, they'll be like, oh, yeah, we saw how you pulled out in Afghanistan. So. And and that's what shocked me was the short sightedness. A lot of times, people like I'll do something and and somebody will think I'm nice. Yeah, and I'm like. You know, is it nice or is it long-term gratification? I'm yeah. not really even being nice in the situation. I'm just looking at mm-hmm. the smart thing down the road is to always be able to use those locals. Yeah. You know, to have oh, those guys always trust us. If they think, you know, at the end of this, I might end up in America, they're much more likely yeah. to help you than I might end up in the bottom of this ditch. Yeah. That's why I like to providing intel to the Green Berets. Uh, out of all the special forces, I, I, really, uh, I really enjoyed working with the Green Berets. Because, uh, uh, yeah, they have direct action teams that uh, direct action missions is where, you know, you're basically kicking in doors and shooting bad guys in the face, uh, oversimplifying that. But uh, Green Berets do a, a lot more. They work with local populations, teach them how to be soldiers, also gather intel from the local populations on who's the Taliban, who are the Taliban leaders, who's the shadow governor, this and that. And so uh, the Green Berets are yeah, just a fantastic special operation force that we've got. Um, but uh, but they're the spe- they're the specialists in dealing with local populations. So yeah, I think. Well, like I said, you just gotta you gotta kind of keep that American dream alive, like in other countries. You got oh, people yeah. have to think that we're we're kind of who we say we are. It's the same as the gym. Yeah, you know, like the day we're not who we say we are, the day you know it's hollow. Like, yeah, they're not gonna trust us. Yeah. CNN, you know, yeah. used to I went to CNN all the time, and now I can't tell you the last time I went to CNN. Yeah. Because I know for a fact that I can't trust them. And it's like, yeah. once that trust is lost, you can't get it back because no, they're not yeah. going. Well, yeah, Gogi's a perfect example because uh, before we started at a Gogi, we tried some Taekwondo place, and the guy was a nice guy, but I didn't feel like – I felt I feel like I could take him, you know, mm-hmm. without any training. And I didn't feel like Connor was getting what he needed. And I was like, okay, I need to find a bunch of noble savages, like good dudes that are like legit – and the name that kept coming up was a gogi, a gogi, a gogi. I didn't want to take him to some other gyms where it's like, okay, they're going to beat you up yeah. continuously, and if you keep going, then they'll, you know, start training you. Yeah, but a gogi is like just great guys that are very knowledgeable, that are the best in, in, in town, and I think that's why we've grown so so much. Yeah, I think so. And look, lock attracts lock. Yeah, I mean, you know, like guys like you show up because. We're, we're similar guys. Yeah. You know? And 
And then you get guys that – I'll tell you the thing I didn't understand. There's, You're not who you want to be when you start jiu-jitsu. You're, you're who you want to be 10 years down the road. Yeah. Just like me and you, we're not who we are now. Yeah, You know, absolutely. people look at us now and they're like, Steve's a legend in, in <laughs> Chattanooga PD. And you don't feel like – I'm sure to you, you yeah. don't feel like a legend, but – you're, you probably definitely feel more comfortable with that than you did 10 years ago. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you develop yeah. over 10 years, and you're like, I wasn't that guy at all 10 years, oh, 10 no. years ago. But I had no business being a police officer uh, 20 years ago. I mean, I was I was fresh out of college, college football player, uh, frat boy. You know, so I, I was very immature, uh, but God bless me, and uh, I, I learned a lot uh, uh, through adversity and hard work, but uh, – uh, I'm very humbled that you know, that people think I'm a legend, but I mean, I think it's so I think it's because I've done a lot of crazy stuff. But yeah, know. well, you know, Stacy gets that tag too around Lafette for probably some of the same reasons. Yeah. But look, there's just not that many legit tough guys out there. And when when people run across one, there's no faking it. I mean, like you said, these guys can go out there. I don't care if like anybody can advertise. It's like I heard about another black belt. Cool. Yeah. You know, like. One, I've never worried about anybody else. Yeah. Uh, but two, are you a black belt? Because you, yeah, oh yeah. you got one, but I can look at you and see you're soft. So, yeah. okay. That's why, yeah, that's why I love about Google. Because there's so many times where we've had somebody new from the, uh, a different gym. And, uh, you know, you'll start talking to the other Gogi guys. And, like, yeah, he's a blue belt. Uh, like, how, how, how does he feel? And I was like, you know, he feels solid. And he feels good. But he, he's not in a Gogi blue belt. Or he's not in a Gogi purple belt. And, yeah. And to be clear, this guy isn't even in town. It's a different town. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm not talking to anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so. Uh, but yeah. it never matters because, like, yeah. the little secret is we're always here and we'll roll with you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So if you don't like it, come on and roll. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was watching a YouTube video where it's like, how do you know if you're at a bad gym? And one of the biggest things was, like, your coaches don't roll with you. And, uh, yeah, because I, I think they're afraid of, you know, putting themselves out there. But, I mean. Here, I'll tell you, I used to. And I still believe that coach got a role. Between really the class size I'm running now, it's like it's so hard. Like yeah. I, I got guys that if you want to roll with me and you're in my class, this is just for informational purposes. Tell me you want to roll with me, I'll roll with you that night. Like, but yeah. there's so many dang people. There's no hope of me just going and finding role. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, yeah. Now that's a great problem to have, but I agree. Like. If you don't get to cross train somewhere else, if you can't just go go train somewhere else, go yeah. see what they're like. Hey, I don't, yeah. care. you know, that's great. If they've got something good, bring it back yeah. here and tell us, and we'll steal it. You know? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's what I like about Gogi is like everybody's humble, you know, and and, and wanting to learn and get better. Um, but uh, yeah, not to knock other gyms, you know, no, but, but no. it's like, but it's like uh, what I love about, and I can't remember if it was you or somebody who was telling me, it's like you know the mats don't lie. So if I go to a gym right now as a just a blue belt and I say, hey, I'm a black belt, they're going to be like, oh, cool, let's roll. And then they're clearly going to find out that I'm not a black belt. You know, so it's – you can't lie. At some places. some places they might not. I know. You shouldn't do that. I mean, I just – I don't want I – I can't, I can't be – I don't want to be pretend. You know, it's yeah. like I just want to get better. And that's why I've never understood chasing the belt. Mm -hmm. Chase – like I never – you're probably saying, look, your schedule's – you should be a purple. If your schedule just allowed you more, you'd yeah. be a purple. Uh, and we're doing this because we love doing it, yeah. not because we, like, have a belt. The belt comes over time like yeah. it's going to show up. But we're not doing it for a belt. I didn't do this to have a gym. I no. literally never wanted a gym. I didn't want – I just had it for other people to teach yeah. so I could train. Yeah. 
You know, like I remember, I never wanted to be the guy in front. Stacy was supposed to teach all the classes, and I could sit in the back and just yeah. train, and that that was going to be perfect for me. I remember you telling me you, you didn't want this to be an MMA gym, and, yeah. and then not not that we're just an MMA gym, but it's like now we got Torres, we you know Trevor, you know, so it's like we got. Oh, some, I've had to come to the realization we're in here. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, <laughs> look, at some point, like uh, on the second one in the UFC, I think you got to say yeah, you're, yeah, you're an MMA gym to some extent, but yeah, there's a couple reasons. I, again, when we started, it was about having guys like you, yeah. and. It's about having kids and families, and, and that's oh, what yeah. it's about. Not having, you know, being great at MMA. But, and also, there's a lot of fighters who are lazy, who, who just came in for fight camps and yeah. don't train every day. And those are, you know, they're chasing the glory of the win, just like these other guys are chasing the glory of the belt. Yeah. But, I mean, we, I like the yeah. guys that would like training. Oh, yeah. And, and that's what we've got here for the most oh, part. Yeah. Our MMA guys are the same guys. Oh, yeah. As the rest of us. Yeah, with Torres and Garrett and, can't ask and Trevor. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, you can ask for better role models for the kids. 100%. Yeah. And so, yeah, I didn't want MMA, but when you get a Trevor Peak and a Torres Finney and Logan and, you know, all these other guys yeah. show up, you're like, well, I mean, I could keep trying to be a jujitsu gym, but I got, I got a bunch of MMA studs. So let's just do yeah. that. And then finally, I had to just, and it really hadn't been that long ago. I was like, I'm going to try to be the best MMA coach I can be. Yeah. Because I avoided, like, Sterling, and Sterling is also going to try to be, not that it's not his, but Sterling spent a lot of time on MMA, and I, I kind of avoided it because I just knew I can't go half in, half out. I'm so all yeah. into something that, you know, my, my October is going to be fly to Vegas, turn around, fly to Abu Dhabi. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, like, and 99% of the population will go, that's amazing. That's yeah. awesome. The people that know me know, I don't want to go to either one of those places. Yeah. <laughs> I would rather just stay right here. Uh, if they could somehow manage to do that and me not ever have to go or if they would do it, you know, but I, I can't leave those guys. Like, yeah. I, I put too much time in them. I got to go wherever they're going. So, yeah. I mean, the last – have you ever been to Abu Dhabi? No, no. Uh, I don't want to go. Yeah. I'm the only guy that don't, you know, that really doesn't want to go. But the flight, man, oh, so yeah. long. Well, I mean, I've, I've been on flights that long, but uh, and just yeah. in general, it's yeah. just not something. I'll probably get back and go. Abu Dhabi is the greatest place I've ever visited in my life. I'm prepared to do that. But hopefully, it's fun for you because I mean, I, I stayed uh, at Al Yasalim in Kuwait, and uh, that was where I like. I mean, I was I missed my uh, uh, flight back to Bagram. I was on my two weeks R and R, which is brutal because it's like two week little tease of being back home and i right at the six month mark and so i got stuck in kuwait uh uh for a week and i pretty much stayed up for six days in a row because it's like you're in a hot tent uh they're calling your name doing roll call like lieutenant campbell come to tent one you know and then uh it's so you just never got any sleep so i mean i ended once i finally got the bag room i crashed for two days so yeah, I'm sure it's gonna be a lot nicer. I, I, think, I think Abu Dhabi is gonna be nicer than Al yeah. Salim yeah. uh, Air Base in now, Kuwait. So I've, I mean, I'm gonna have so little to complain about. I've heard hospitality is a huge thing over there. Yeah. I'm gonna love it. So I, I'm gonna experience and I'm gonna have a good attitude about it. I said, I told Trevor, I was like, I'm definitely gonna gripe. Like, yeah, 100%. I'm gonna complain a little bit, you know? <laughs> but I'll, I'm gonna have overall a really good attitude. About oh yeah, it. absolutely. Uh, it's a cool thing to get. To, you know, it's a cool thing to do, and yeah, you know, it was a cool thing for for Trevor to get to go fight. You know, yeah, I mean, who would have thought? Right? Oh, I know. Like, how cool was that for him to get to go do that? So, I know, very cool. Um, 
All right, let's talk about kind of just where you're at and goals. Like, you've done a lot, and and you, you're still doing uh, still doing a lot. But you got to be getting you're getting close to that transition because I remember when you started, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna retire from police, and then all of a sudden it's like eh, I'm back in immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you've tried to get out, they pulled you back in. What's your plans for the next few years? Well, so um, uh, I, I got 23 years in, and so once I get 25, I'll, I, I can. Uh, retire with 68.5% of my three highest paid years, but uh, I'll probably stay a little bit longer. Uh, Connor, uh, he doesn't graduate high school until uh, 2029, so I'll, I'll probably still stay in. Uh, there's always the option to go uh, active duty um, uh, with the Navy. May do that, but uh, I, I think, you know, I, I think I want to explore like uh, the, uh, uh, the corporate world. Yeah. And because so, I've served my country, I've been a government employee all my life. Uh, with the exception of working golf courses when I was a kid, but um, so I think I'd like to try that as just a new experience, a new challenge. Like, I think uh, you do well at it, man. Yeah. Uh, like Stacy and I've talked about this, and and Mark was the same way. None of us were in business, you know. Like I was like, uh, I don't know. Like I've never had to deal with that. The same skills that you've developed over these years are what they're hunting for in the corporate world. You know, just yeah. being able to manage projects or manage people, and and you know kind of have vision of where things need to go and, and just being the adult in the room. Yeah. Uh, people will pay you just to be, just to be that guy, you know, like they can make a decision kind of like Roddy, you know, that, uh, good decision-making seems to apply in a lot of industries. Yeah. And I I feel like, um, I, I've been blessed in my career with having good role models like Roddy and others in my life, uh, both Navy and policing, uh, that I've been exposed to like, I'm not, I've never been afraid to put myself out there. And make it a fool of myself. I've made a fool of myself quite a bit sometimes. And, but, you know, you learn and you get better. And I, I feel like a lot of uh, leadership that I've seen lately has not, they have not been tested or they've been sheltered or they've been taken care of. And they haven't, they haven't built that, you know, that they haven't made those mistakes that they could learn from, you know, so. Well, I'll say this, like probably the biggest thing holding leaders back or people who should be leader is confidence yeah like who else should be making these decisions you know what i'm saying like what we need to look at is why sh- it should definitely be somebody like yeah you, you know what i mean like yeah. that's that's the problem is we're we've got guys who have all the skill in the world to be leading this country and and they're they're sitting back yeah. you know like we need Jocko for president day, Gavin. Like, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's line this thing up and knock it down. We could knock it out in four oh, years. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, if if all the guys that need to run it showed up to run it, and girls, women, also I say guys as a general term, our country could be fixed. That's why I don't think we're going to be broken because there's so many yeah. good people that could go fix it if they wanted to. Yeah, th- you know? those people, yeah, the worst, when times are tough, those people will rise. They will, so. yeah. And, you know, I'm sure same with us, but hopefully – Hopefully we'll just be able to go into the career, you know, that you'll yeah. be able to go into the corporate world, make you money. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what I want to try to do. And then, I mean, now you know, you get into the stage where it's like, I mean, I, I, like you said earlier, you know, I'm not chasing a belt, you know, I just like get better. And I, I love hanging out with my Gogi brothers and sisters. And so uh, really a lot of it's like, I'm living for my, my kids now, you know, trying to, you know, make them those future adults that, you know, uh, for example, like we were thinking about, okay, we were talking at Naples, like, okay, if we do a mass mobilization of our sailors, what, what are some of the things we need to think about? And one of the things was uh, uh, most of the cars, most of the rental cars over there are manual transmissions. 
And so uh, overwhelming uh, majority of our young sailors, one, they shouldn't be driving in uh, Naples traffic, which it's, it's crazy. Uh, but two, they can't because they don't know how to drive stick. And so I'm like, okay, well, I've talked to Laura. I'm like, one of the cars we're going to buy when the kids are ready is they're going to, we're going to have a manual transmission car. Cause I want them to learn that, that skill. You yeah. Know? So smart. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many things that like our grandparents knew that we were just look gardening. Yeah. I grew up, like, I hated all that crap, you know, from farming to garden, any of that stuff. But I learned a lot of it and, I mean, you're like, wait, if if I don't carry that on, who is? Like, nobody's oh, yeah. going to. You know, yeah. I think some of that stuff slips up that you think, well, somebody's going to do it. They're really not. You yeah. Know, it comes down to us, especially as parents, but just in general, man, there's so many – there's guys, you know, 20, 25-year-old that still don't have a lot of the skills that our kids have because oh, yeah. they had not been put in them. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, so going back to it, it's like, I mean, I wasn't always confident in my career. You know, there was a lot because there was a lot for me to learn. But I will say one of the turning points for me really was going to Afghanistan and, and, and doing – I know my dad was nervous about me because that was like – that was my first time being active duty in a war zone. And so he um, – uh, being a uh, you know good parent, you're always worried for your kids. But, yeah, I did well. Uh, I, I got a good end of tour award. Uh, got a good fit rep out of it. Uh, I learned a lot, and it gave me that confidence. I was like, hey, I can be. I can. I can brief generals. I can brief admirals uh, uh, on a daily basis, and uh, you know, get 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 things done and accomplished. So when I came back from the Chattanooga Police Department from that, I, I mean, I, I, I professionally I was a much more confident individual. But it was because I put myself in these tough situations. And it was trial by fire. That's know. a good point. Like, you're not going to get confident sitting at the house. No. You, you got to get out and do stuff. Yeah. Um, and you're going to lose, and that's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so hopefully, you know, that means everybody's about to get on the mat. I know you're about to. I've got one more day of medicine with ringworm before I can. But uh, So, guys, if you got any st- skin conditions, since 2021 there's been a bad version of, of ringworm, do not train. You know, like, I'd love to have taught class last night. But I can't. You know, you just got to take take a break and get yourself clean. Make sure you're showering after. You know, I, I can count the times when I go home and don't shower. Yeah. Something's going to pop up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And not that I don't shower when I get home, uh, but it's it's just that extra hour or whatever it takes for me yeah. to drive home and grab something to eat. So, anyway, I'm, I'm sure uh, you're going to get on the map. But, guys, keep training. If you got any questions for, for Steve, check in with him. If you want to talk to a legend of Chattanooga PD. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, we'll be back next time. Thanks, Matt. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.